This podcast features discussions about finance and money, which are general in nature. This means that it has been prepared without taking into account your specific objectives and financial needs. We suggest that before acting on this information, you seek out professional advice. Hey folks, welcome along to another episode of the Money Mechanics podcast where we are unpacking the money stuff. I'm Scott Malcolm and today I'm joined by a repeat offender, Ara Jensen. It's always fab to have money chats with Ara, so I'm excited to welcome Ara back again. We were having a bit of a conversation after one of our last recordings about when should you start to bring money up as you're entering a new relationship? Should you talk about money on the first date? So I'm excited to be chatting with you again, Ara. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is a really interesting topic because I really feel like in so many cases, people would much rather talk about sex than they would about money. So I think, um, you know, when and how you do it is um, pretty interesting. That is so true. Now, we've asked our our past guests to share an early money story, but maybe because we're talking about first dates, have you got a a dating and money story that you're happy to share? Indeed, I have. Um, I was set up on a date. Uh, A friend said to me, you're going to love this guy. You you know, I think you'll really hit it off. Um, And um, that friend, unfortunately, I don't think knew me very well or thought she knew me better. But anyway, point was, met said bloke at a, at a uh, coffee shop uh, late in the day um, with a view that if coffee was interesting, we'd go to dinner. So went to coffee and literally in the first 20 minutes, uh, the bloke told me exactly how much he earned. And I was a little bit confused by this and thought, um, you know, perhaps he was trying to impress me. And Though I didn't say anything to him at the time, I kind of had a little bit of an internal giggle because he was trying to impress me with his number. And I thought, well, I earned more than that last year. Okay. All right. You know, and look, it didn't matter to me, but he thought it was really impressive. And um, that was just the first. Things went downhill from there on a number of other issues. And suffice to say that we never caught up again, ever. So... (laughs) You just never know, do you, how somebody's going to bring something up like that. So, so true. And I'm assuming you you had a a backup for dinner that night. But um, yeah, look, it is one of those things. I think money, we are built from our families of origin and we learn different attitudes, different behaviors, different habits when it comes to the money stuff. And so I think sometimes when we partner up, it's that opposite attract energy that that comes into play. But sometimes, again, it is that maybe it's more status driven. I don't know what maybe was motivating your uh, your hot date that day. But what are your thoughts? I guess I've, I've got some some views on things. But what are your thoughts when it comes to uh, the, the ultimate time to, to start talking about uh, money? Well, look, I think for some people that they want to know really close up or at least early on, I think for some people that's super, super important. I guess my criteria really is that some is, is for someone who can successfully look after themselves. And I don't care what that number is, as long as they can successfully support themselves, do what they need to do in their lives. To me, that's, you know, that's someone successfully doing money for themselves, whether the number is 20,000, 50,000, 500,000. But I think 
you know, I think people obviously consider it a compatibility thing, very much so. And while maybe on a first date you're not necessarily saying to somebody, how much do you earn in literal numbers, I think the conversation that you have with them that I guess on a first date in terms of getting to know someone often goes around things like, you know, you're asking them what their profession is potentially, you're asking them maybe where, what suburb they live in. So you are making a bunch of value judgments, you know, rightly or wrongly about them. You know, once you start maybe asking them what kinds of hobbies they have, if they tell you that skiing and horse polo are their favorite hobbies, you assume they have some money to spend, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, and then at the other end, you can learn, you know, somebody's frugality as well. You know, when you're having, you're talking to them about what they do. Um, You know, my accountant used to get semi-hysterical when I used to say to him, oh, look at my book bill and my DVD and my music bill for a year. But those are the things that I choose, you know, to spend my money on. But then once I started working for myself, I took on, you know, borrowing books from the library instead of buying them. So I save money but I still get to indulge in a habit and a hobby that I really love. So I, yeah. think, I think when you're conversing with somebody over you know, coffee on your first date, you're getting a lot of signs. Like if you're going to listen well, they're going to tell you a lot. And, and people, let's face it, people on first dates kind of want to be on their best behavior, don't they? They want to show you that they are a nice person, a good person, a responsible person. And, you know, if you... I guess if you if you start to hear things that start to make you go, oh, red flag, red flag, and they tell you that they like to go to the casino three nights a week, maybe you're going to start to go, oh, okay, what's behind that? Does that mean they're a gambler? Does that mean there's an issue I should worry about? Or is that enough to turn me off? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, very, very true. And, and some of those things you don't know about until uh, well into a, a relationship because I guess you could have people that are uh, into horses in a different way in that they might be spending money on gambling or or otherwise. And again, it's not until you're actually having those deeper conversations about uh, what, what they're involved with. But I often think... Um, especially on the the conversations around money, it's about trying to have open, honest conversations around these things and try and make the the conversation not as taboo as as we might think it is. But probably uh, on the train, debt can often be a big thing, like just actually having an understanding of how people do debt and and how comfortable they are with it. I often talk to clients about sexually transmitted debt. It's really just, I think, being able to have those open, honest views around, hey, by the way, Here's where I've come from when it comes to money. But yeah, first dates, I haven't been on a first date for for many years now. I've been in a a relationship for a while, but I I don't know what the dating world's like these days. Is it something, Ara, you think that people can uh, comfortably bring up? Well, look, uh, again, I think, you know, there's obviously always going to be people who are okay with it and people who aren't. One of the things that I found interesting, particularly, obviously, you know, since COVID and at the moment with housing issues and issues around the fact that the cost of groceries and things like that are going up a lot. I found people are talking a lot more about those things because they are really front of mind for so many people. But they're also, I think, dictating a lot of what people can and can't do. So I feel like it's forcing people to talk about it. It's a bit like, you know, I guess pre-COVID, even if you had a good sniffle, you'd still go to work. People would might complain a bit, but they'd put up with you and you'd hide quietly at your desk, take some, you know, codrill, see what you can do. 
Whereas now you're not really welcome in the office, even if you've got a minor sniffle. So I feel like, I feel like we've changed what we're willing to talk about. And I, I feel like the cost of living, ergo, how you're spending your money is more likely to come up with just about anybody than it did before. I uh, went out and had coffee with someone the other day and they paid $7.60 for a cup of coffee. Now, in a way, they felt that was outrageous compared to maybe $4 or whatever is going on. So I feel like people are having those conversations so that if you are listening to the people that you're with, are alerting you maybe to how they feel about money. And that's giving you some hints, even if it's not giving you a deep dive. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I think it is just those, uh, the nuances in the in the conversation and, and how it's it's happening. And potentially on the first date, you're trying to come in best foot forward and, and impress. So it might be during those conversations that people might be trying to over-represent themselves in regards to, oh, yes, I live in this suburb and I do these things. But uh, I guess sometimes, again, being able to step through the, the cracks to say, oh, well, wait a minute, is, uh, is all that on debt or is it uh, a rental but rather than an ownership structure not that there's anything uh, wrong with with either option in, in current market but um yeah are there are there things that are being assumed in the background oh look you absolutely want to know whether they're lying to you like you know you're exactly right they might be living in the best suburb in town and driving a really expensive car but if they're mortgaged up to the hilt or they're up to their eyeballs in debt that may not be something you necessarily want to have anything to do with and obviously that you know, is indeed a value judgment, but it's, I think it's a, a rational thought for a lot of people. I kind of did a little bit of Googling and, um, and went looking for some kinds of questions that you can ask, and a couple of them were quite fun. Uh, somebody said you could compliment your date on what they were wearing, and you could figure out somehow whether you know, they're wearing designer clothes or whether they're um, you know, a big box store. Uh, clothing buyer and again that would potentially lead you to make a judgment but you know equally I guess the flip side of that is you might choose not to spend a lot of money on clothes but you might be very wealthy right how many times have you heard that kind of story yeah exactly right I've I've got a a great friend of mine and she's always looks amazing and every time I see her I'll be like oh where'd you get that from oh I got it from uh Vinnie's or from uh from the Salvation Army or wherever it is and again that that thrift shopping or the um secondhand stuff is actually just as good so sometimes uh that that could be the the conversation dialogue that you go hey yeah I, I love looking good and, and representing that way, but um, I'm actually mindful when it comes to where I'm spending or, or how I'm spending at the end of the day. Ara, do you find that people are uh, wary about being judged when it comes to money on a first date? Like, what would you not tell someone about your finances or habits on date one? Oh, well, I, look, I think that's probably an answer for someone who has secrets and has things that they're embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I used to, I have a very big, well, what I consider, or used to be, not so much anymore, but I have a decently sized music bill every year because that's what I choose to spend money on. And yeah, sometimes I have moments where I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, no, this is what you love. I want to support the artists that I love. And it's for me, it's part of the reason why I'm still a little bit old fashioned and I actually buy CDs instead of using Spotify because I want to give money to the artists who make the art that I love. So I think, yeah, you're, you're going to be, if you've got sort of, you know, 
things in the corner of your closet that you don't want to share, you're not going to throw them up in the first on the first date because you do want to put your best foot forward. But I think for most people, I mean, they have, you know, some people have credit card debt, obviously, people have home loans, and those are pretty normal kinds of debts. But, you know, if you're having dinner with someone who confesses they've got $50,000 in credit card debt, um, that's probably going to concern me a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Again, it's about having those those open, honest conversations, but just trying to get an understanding of, oh, wow, that's interesting. Where, where'd that come from? Why are you in that situation? And there, there might be a compelling backstory that actually makes that uh, make sense, or it could actually lead you down the path of 20 minutes in, I'm uh, ready to uh, hightail it out of here at the end of the day. And I'm ready to leave, exactly. And, and I think, you know, um, we look at, well, we should probably look at fiscal or monetary compatibility the same way we look at the other compatibilities in a relationship, right? I mean, um, your sexual compatibility, your emotional compatibility, those sorts of things. I think, though, you can always negotiate around money, around ways to change things, the way you can with anything else in your life. But I think you definitely want to feel like you're not so far apart that you can't ever find a place to meet. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I think, I don't know, working with clients over the years, there is often the, the opposites attracting and there's opposite values or energies when it comes to the financial stuff in that one person might be more driven about holding the financial conversation or trying to run run with the financial discussions. But in most cases where people are able to have those open honest conversations it actually creates a a balance because often say to people we all have our own money stories we've all got our own lived history when it comes to money when it comes to partnership and as we move into a, a relationship the cool thing about that is that we get to then have conversations about hey as a partnership, how do we want to do money? What's important to us from a value set that we want to align with? And I often say you don't have to be 100% compatible. I know other people, though, again, we might talk about joining bank accounts in a moment, but uh, if you've read Scott Pape's stuff, The Barefoot Investor, he's all about, right, throw all your money together. You all have to have joint accounts. I'm actually of the school of thought thinking, let's actually have separate bank accounts and honour the individual within the partnership and have joint bank accounts where it makes sense. And again, people can go and have a listen to our um, our chat we had earlier in the year on uh, the cash flow stuff. I've never done that and I would always choose never to do that. I, I think there's, there's definitely a case for needing a shared account if you're living together and, and trying to figure out, you know, mortgage payments and groceries and things like that. Absolutely. But I guess, um, and, and, you know, maybe it's just my age being a woman, but, you know, I was always taught to look after myself, to make sure that I could always look, you know, always look after myself and never be in a position where I couldn't leave a relationship if I, if I needed to, wanted to, had to, for whatever reason, and that I could still continue to stand on my own feet. So, for me, that's, you know, that's a super important thing. And look, I'm over 50 now, and I doubt that I would ever be willing to join accounts, apart from, like I said, a practical account. Yeah, that's that's an important thing to me. I don't know. There are obviously other people who feel differently about that. 
Yeah, and look, I think that's actually a very common theme. I think especially if people are repartnering or partnering later in life, they do change how they hold those things and they want to have that that independence and keep those things separated. It is about reframing and actually having those conversations about, hey, how do we want to do money? And so talking through the values that are important, talking about, okay, how do we want to even pass on these shared values to, to other people? Um, how do we want to do the money stuff on the on the day-to-day? And so whether that is from a, a first date or a second date, it could even be conversations that people in, in relationship are having now and saying, hey, actually, we haven't had that money chat in a while. Let's have a, a money date night and talk about what is important to us on, on that front. Now, when do you think finding out about debt or, um, or people's finances is most appropriate? Like, as I say, sometimes we don't find out all uh, until we're well and, and deeply into a relationship. Look, I, I think that's a little bit of a hard one. Um, I, again, in my Googling, read somewhere that you shouldn't even talk about money until at least the 10th date. And I thought, no, that's a bit insane. Um, <laughs> that seems way too far down the track to even just ask the odd question. But again, you know, once you get into a relationship with someone, you're going to hear, you're going to get tons of clues, obviously, if you're paying attention. I guess in terms of when you want to know, look, to me, if if we're assuming that financial relationship with somebody is as important to you as your sexual relationship, your emotional relationship, I feel like, well, certainly for me, well before if I ever moved in with somebody, I would want to know. Um, and I'd, I'd not want to know for nasty reasons. I'd want to, well, I want to know exactly what I was getting into. You mentioned sexually transmitted debt before. It's a big thing. It's, it's, so I want to know what I'm getting into. I want to know, you know, whether I need to go and get a shot. <laughs> very, very true. And again, it's not just um, that actual debt position. It's actually probably how they've had that journey to get into debt or actually um, their comfortability to converse about, hey, uh, I'm in debt or I've got a, got some personal debt at the moment, but this is my strategy to actually navigate out of it just to actually make sure that you're not rolling into a situation where they're going, hey, Ara's cashed up. This is great. I now know that Ara's earning more than me and um, awesome. Let's uh, jump down that uh, that little train. So, oh, Ara, can you just start helping me out with my uh, my debt repayments, please? Yeah, exactly. And, and again, you know, my minimum requirement is that someone needs to look after themselves, whatever it is they're doing. And I think, you know, it's not the debt in itself that, you know, is potentially um, a drama. It's it's either how they got there because that shows you something about their character. And like you said earlier, you know, the $50,000 in credit card debt, they've been using it to pay for some medical bills. You're suddenly seeing that differently than if they've been betting on the ponies, right? I think as long as that you can see that they have some honest intention and integrity around the fact that they went through a tough period or something happened to them or they're paying off hex debt or whatever they're doing, that there is some genuine intention for them to want to clear it or they're just, you know, or they're parking it there and dealing with something else. But you kind of, yeah, you want to know that, that they're making some effort. I think that's the, that's the important part. They're, honest intention to help themselves 
rather than sponging off you, which is what you were alluding to. Exactly right. And I think even these days in we, we see online and I might add a few links to the show notes here that I mean ASIC and, and Money Smart have got a lot of information at the moment about scammers and we hear about all those uh, those sort of love online love scams and things where people have actually got really caught up in it. I've I was shocked the other day I had a, a client had, had got caught up in, in something like that because it, it seemed true. And I was like, oh, no, like this is this is all. But again, I, I felt really privileged that they were actually able and open to talk to me about it, which was actually a, a great privilege. But I think we've got to be mindful of some of these things as well. What what are some of the red, red flags for you or that, that you've done some research on when it comes to avoiding getting into something with a, a scammer? Like, I, I'm, again, probably thinking if someone's coming at you and saying, oh, I live overseas. That might be a, an initial red flag, but are there anything uh, that you've seen in that in that space as well, Ara? Well, there, I mean, those are the obvious ones. Obviously, from a romantic perspective, something that you can't uh, something that you can't test, obviously, is going to mm. you know may turn into something worse. I mean, I guess one of the things too about uh, dating potentially someone in your own city. Um, is that you have, and I noticed this when I lived overseas, the difference is that when you live in a certain city and you know your way around the city and someone says to you, I live in this suburb, I work here, I do this job, these are the kind of places I hang out, you kind of have some reference to that, to, to, to potentially their, the quality of the person, the quality of what they're doing, and that helps you in your own mind kind of go, okay, is this person okay or could this be a scam? Whereas when you're, I guess, you know, that's one of the, the dangers of online dating, right, is that when you're dating out of your town, you don't know what those references are because you have no way to check. I think if you're listening for money scamming, I think anyone who asks you for money, you know, that's, I mean, that's flat out five bucks, 500 bucks, 5,000 bucks. That's, you know... In the in the first uh, interactions, I definitely agree. If it's uh, something uh, straight up front, then uh, yeah, that's uh, that's probably a, a massive red flag at the end of the day. There is a saying, isn't there, about you know you never lend money to friends or whatever the the line is, and I you know I feel that that's always kind of a pretty a pretty good one. And you know if someone is asking you for a couple of hundred dollars, and I guess you just decide your friend whether you're kind of going to, you know, to help them out and if you know they're good for it. But, you know, that's also a red flag too because if they're asking you for $200, what are they doing with their money? How are they not managing their money that they need to ask you for 200 bucks? Look, I know when I was in my early 20s, I'm going to say, I was much more spendy (laughs) than I am now and I used to actually go out on the weekend and think, what can I buy? And, you know, I remember my car rego, so it was early in my driving life, uh, came up and it was probably like, I don't know, $130, maybe $200, something around about that. I remember having to go and ask my dad for the money and I was so embarrassed. I was so upset that I had to ask him for this money because I, you know, I remember thinking, he must think that I have no idea, you know, like how to run my money. And even though I wasn't earning a lot, I should have been able to manage 
that, you know? Yeah, and and look, I think it's that uh, it depends on the relationship as well. But I think depending on what's what's happened and what you've been through, and uh, again, often if people have say gone through separation or uh, other things that have happened in their life, there might be that need. But uh, yeah, it's uh, even being able to have those sort of conversations, probably questions to ask on a on a first date when it comes to money. I don't, I don't know if you've researched any questions, Ara, or, or we could probably. Uh, pull together some now but um what what are your what are your questions that might skim the the values and money uh conversations when it comes to that that first date yeah so a couple i wrote down are things like you know do you like to travel because once you ask them uh and 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 into, once you start saying you know where do they like to go and what do they like to do if they tell you they take a European five-star European trip every year that's different from them telling you they spend a week in Bali every year Um, so you're getting an indication of what they're willing to spend how they're willing to do it um, whether they're a camper or a hotel person so I think yeah you know where do you want to go what do you like to do I think that indicates from a travel perspective a lot also too um Asking them about like their passions, like we said earlier, I think their passions and their hobbies also tell you whether they're spending hundreds of dollars on a mushroom collection or whether they like to buy the odd book. Talking to them about where they like to like go out, if you know that they go out every Friday, every Saturday night, spend all night you know, in bars and pubs, you know they're spending probably a decent amount of money on alcohol. And is that how you want to spend your time? And I guess the last one is is maybe what kinds of dreams and future plans they have. I mean, that might be a bit serious for a first date, but you could kind of maybe find a light way to ask about it. Like, you know, if you could have anything in the world or if you could do anything in the world, you know, what would it be? And that would kind of give you some indication. The other one, um, which I read, which I thought was not a bad one, someone suggested asking if you had a way to wipe out your biggest debt, you know, like what would it be? Or what would you do? Or what was what would the biggest debt be? And, and I guess you'd hope maybe most people would say a house or a credit card, um, but you know you never know. So I don't know. Those are the kind of fun things. I, I quite like the complimenting them on their clothes thing too. I think that's kind of fine because, like with your friend, you know, um, vintage stuff is so popular at the moment, and there's so many fabulous, really, really well-made clothes. Um, not only is it good for our, you know, environment in terms of your, your, your buying secondhand clothes and things like that, but yeah, people are coming up with amazing finds and look amazing doing it. Yeah, no, no, so true. And and I look, it's, it's that values alignment. It's it's hard, like to, again, just navigate that. I think in in the dating world, but even in the relationship world as well. I think I've, I've been in a relationship 15, 16 years now. God, that that seemed like a long time. It feels like a blink of an eye in in some moments. But again, it's that values alignment. Like you, you you're on a, a fluid journey with with people and relationships with friends are, are the same. And so it's really just navigating that as you uh, as you move through life. And I love some of those bigger picture questions. And you can go and have a listen to the episode we did with George Kinder, but his three questions, you might not go to the, hey, if you had 24 hours to live, what do you wish you'd seen, what do you wish you'd been, and, and what are you going to miss the most? That might be a bit, bit deep for a, a first date, depending on, on where you're going. But it could be around the, hey, if you had all the money in the world, what would you be doing? Because that's actually a, a, a big question to go, wow, actually, I haven't haven't thought about that. Like, are they doing the work that they love? Are they Are they doing the things that they enjoy in life as well? So... There's some great questions in there, and I think just a great way to navigate the uh, the dating and money stuff. 
I think whether you've been in a relationship for a long time or whether you're starting a, a new relationship with, with someone, the really important and key piece is just to have those open, honest conversations and probably make the time to talk about it. And not being embarrassed by it. I think that's what stops a lot of people because for some strange reason it is, you know, like religion and who you vote for, it seems to have some kind of, you know, taboo about it rather than people sort of just saying, this is a reality. This is no different than me talking about, you know, how I like my sex. Um, I think I think we should get used to that, you know, because it ends up being important, exactly like you say. You can preempt those conversations, like you said, to make time for those conversations, but preempt them so you don't freak people out. <laughs> and so that you both know it's coming, you both got a chance to think about what you're going to say and come to it with an open heart and an open mind rather than judgment around how someone else has been choosing to spend their money or spend their time because that is where you'll find your common ground, right, rather than being all judgy at someone about, yeah, about how they choose to do it. I love what you've just said there because, again, the money stuff is a learnt behaviour. And so we, again, little human beings, we pick up the the habits, the attitudes, the behaviours, and I think it's around about age seven that we, we do that. If we haven't taken time to sit back and reflect on this, we could be a, a 40 or a 50 or a, a 60-year-old sitting there having a conversation with someone about these things that we haven't actually had the, the adult step back and, and viewpoint from. So... I think, yeah, you're right. Keep the judgment out of it, but be curious, be uh, supportive, but just sort of sit down and understand, well, where does that come from? Where does that come from for me as, as a human in this, this conversation? But where does that come from uh, for, for the partner or p- uh, potential partner in their part of the conversation as well? And better yet, too, is the wonderful opportunity to change your mind and to change the way that you do something. So that one of the great things about a relationship is obviously being open to new things. So if you meet somebody who has, you know, a really kick-ass plan for how they want to use and spend their money, and you've always just kind of drifted along, this is a perfect opportunity for you to actually take something from that relationship and go, hey, this is going to help make me better because this person will drive us in the right direction with this. And that's, you know, I think that's also, it's wonderfully human to be able to change your mind. That's so, so, so true. And and that's the thing. It's a fluid thing. And we have choice at the end of the day. We get to create a script and and create a framework and and make decisions about that. And and look, we might be more free-spirited when it comes to money, or we might be really targeted and and focused and goal-centered when it comes to money um, and everything in between. And so it's just, I think, showing up where you're at um, and also where your partner's at, but also then weaving it together. Exactly. And once you get past that first date, you'll be way better at listening and hearing. (laughs) Exactly right. And I think those listening skills are uh, are super important. Ara, as we know, we always keep these episodes uh, short and sweet. But look, any final words of wisdom? Any uh, other reflections? Look, I think, again, just to be, you know, to be open about it and to listen to what people are telling you. And and I think to, to listen to your gut. People have not gone out on a second date for much less. But if something around money and, and, and how they treat money is, red, you know, is a red flag for you, I think that's, you know, that's legitimate. Yeah, so, so true. Use, uh, use that human response that we all have to either 
try and understand a little bit further and go, hey, there's something coming up for me about this. I just want to try and understand it a bit more or see if there's a conversation to be held there and if they're willing to, to go to that that space. I'll, I'll get some of the links that you've got from uh, from some of the uh, the search you did prior to our conversation today and we, we can add those to the show notes as well. But look, lovely to see you as always. Any other fun projects that you're working on at the moment? Yes, one of the interesting projects I'm working on at the moment is uh, I work with a company called A Lasting Tale and they tell uh, people's stories. So your grandmother, your mom, and uh, yeah, we go and interview them and talk to them all about their life and what they've done. And I really enjoy it because these people aren't famous. They're not uh, celebrities. They're just people out in the community. And I love to hear, you know, the way they've lived their life, what they've done, as an interview, it's really fascinating. And, you know, every so often somebody just throws you out of a little bit of gold and you just think that's awesome. Wow. I am loving that. And that's now made me go, all right, you've got to come back and we've got to talk about that as well, because I think our life stories are, are so important. We uh, we don't often bottle them up and, and capture them. Uh, so what a, what a beautiful legacy that you can uh, help create for people. I'll add those to the show notes as well. That sounds amazing. Fabulous. Yeah, I, look, I love the fact that people, you know, there are people who people who, again, aren't celebrities and aren't famous people who often don't think their stories are very interesting or very important. And I, you know, I love the fact that getting them to talk about them makes them go, wow, I've actually done quite a lot or I've done this. So this is really cool. And even even if their their biggest achievement is raising an amazing family or giving something to their community, that's still so incredibly relevant, so incredibly prescient and so important to, um, you know, making our community what it is. Thanks for listening, folks. And thanks again, Ara, for your time. Uh, Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Hopefully there's some uh, snippets of uh, questions or things that you can take out into your uh, next money date night, or maybe it's just your date night. But thanks for listening. If you've liked this episode, please share it or rate us where you are listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.